Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Do you want to mention Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had? Edmonton owned and operated from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 and tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. We are going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training and is taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. We welcome back to the show, Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, good, good. Uh, you know, we're going to have a wide-ranging conversation, but this is the first chance we've had to uh, talk with you since the passing of Joey Moss, uh, and I know he was a very special guy in your world. Yeah, I, he really was. It was a sad day to get that news that Joey had passed away, and I, um, you know, you just have to listen to what people have said, former players from both the Oilers and the Eskimos, uh, people around the city, personnel, anybody that came in contact with Joey, they all say the same things. He just lit up a room. And, you know, listen, he was a legend. He really was. And I think that, you know, for us and myself particularly, when, you know, when I came to the Oilers, uh, he was just one of the guys. He was one of the team. And, and you realized very quickly that, you know, as much as the situation was benefiting Joey, it was – it benefited us more, you know, just having him around. It was just such a better place with Joey around and with him involved in day-to-day activities and doing what he did. I mean, I'll tell you, Bob, we used to razz him. We used to joke with him. We used to torment him. <laughs> and he just absolutely loved it. He just loved being around the boys, and we loved having him around. And he was one of us. He really was. He, he bled the colors um, more than anybody I ever knew. And we used to... Uh, you know, give him the gears from time to time when he was doing his work. We would make it difficult on him. We would, uh, you know, throw him in the cold tub and, you know, make him take the plunge, walk the plank. I was talking to Scott Thornton the other day, and we were reminiscing about Joey and just, you know, Brian Marshman as well. Um, just, you know, we had to eventually come up with a better way to 
you know, get him to go into the cold tub because he was just so strong that somebody was going to get hurt. I mean, he would just <laughs> wrestle and battle. And I mean, it was like three big, strong guys trying to contain him and get him to go. And finally, we just said, listen, we have to come up with a better way. And the walk the plank was was developed and that was for the team and he used to absolutely love it we'd say you know joey we need a spark we need a lift you might have to walk the plank today for us and we would all line up and cheer joey joey and he'd go in there and take the plunge for the team but just so typical of him he would do anything for the team and yeah yeah sad day in edmonton you know what listen i sad day in alberta sad day in canada he was a fixture here he was uh you know for me i just you know, I just uh, I get a smile on my face every time I think of him. We're joined by Louis DeBras. Louis, we had Wayne Gretzky on the show on Tuesday. Uh, Wayne deferred and said that, you know, thanks to Mr. Sather, uh, we know where the genesis and the origin of the Joey Moss with the Oilers story started from. You have your personal relationship with Wayne. We've been privileged enough to have him around. Just reinforces how good of a guy Wayne is. Um, but it, it's, you know... It's funny because when Joey came into the Oilers' room, the Oilers were, like I just talked about the 85 Bears. And the 85 Bears' defense for, for hardcore NFL fans, it's probably the greatest defense of all time. The 46 defense, those guys were stars. They were everywhere. They had, a, I mean, they had the Super Bowl shuffle video, for God's sakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they were, I mean, they, you know me in football. I even followed them back then. Right, right. So, I mean, they, but uh, the 85 Oilers, were they were the rock stars of the NHL, you know, as you were, you know, 14, 15, 16 in that range. The order, they were the rock stars. But, by, you know, and, and so I, I remember saying to Wayne, I said, you know, you guys had a super. He goes, well, he picked us up in the downtimes. Well, when you and, and Scott Thornton and Brian Marchman, and boy, if I ever wanted to leave the bar at one in the morning, the three of you guys would be who I'd want to leave with. But uh, anyhow, because you'd be protected. But. When you guys were with the Oilers, there were some there were some tough miles. You were, you know, I know the Oilers made it to the conference final in '92, but after that, it got a little bit tough. Um, did he pick you guys up? You know, when you're in the middle of a losing streak and that sort of thing. You know what? He was the great equalizer. He really was. You know, I I, I can't say that enough. And I know we we've talked at length about Joey. We've seen him around. We've had discussions about what he's meant to this organization, but. You know, for me personally, you know, I just I just think he was, you know, one of those people that every time he went up and had a conversation with him, he just put it straight. He, it, he was real. He was in the moment, and he just uh, he put it in perspective for you. You know, I, I know that, um, you know, a lot of players took him home and had sleepovers with him. My wife, Cindy, and I took him home one night, too, and had a sleepover with him, took him to a movie. We took him to... Uh, from dusk till dawn, we didn't have any idea what the movie was about. It was just look at the the big board and say which one do you want to go to, and we went to that one. It had George Clooney, and I'm thinking it can't be that bad. And it ended up being a vampire movie where it was chaotic. If anybody's seen the movie, but he loved it. You know, he loved it. We took him out to the billiard club afterwards because Lyle Sparky Kalchiski told me that I could give him a couple beer that night. So I said, okay, I'll let him have a couple cold ones and. You'd be amazed at how many people came up to him in the billiard club that night. Uh, it was incredible. Like people just absolutely love to be around Joey, and uh, yeah, he'll be missed. You know, he he he's a he's a fixture in this city for sure forever. And uh, it sounds like they're going to do something um, very nice as a tribute to Joey, and that should be done, in my opinion, has to be done. But uh, you know what? He was he he went through some tremendous times with the early Oilers when they were winning Stanley Cups in the 
the dark years that I like to call it when I came on board, um, he was no different. He was there to pick you up. He was there to give you a hard time from time to time. He was there to have fun with the guys. And yeah, I, I really can't say enough about him. He'll, he'll be greatly missed. He was just a, an amazing human being. I know even in my case, he chirped me once, and I kind of looked, and I could see uh, Jeff Lang and Brad Harrison, and they both had to turn away because I knew they put him up to it. And I was kind of like, like and, and I was like, you guys. Like, and it was, it, it was funny, and to be honest with you, it was kind of true, so I didn't, I didn't really have a problem with it, right? Like, well, here's the thing, too. Like, like, Joey loved to give it to guys, right? Like, that's the funny thing. I remember the annual ball hockey game that we would play, and we'd get them revved up and say they're really gearing for them. You better, you better be on your A game. And we would give them tap-ins all game long. But, you know, he just – he really did. He really embodied that spirit of what, what you know, an Oiler was at that time. He, he You know, and still is. He, he just – you know, he, he loved being part of that organization, as he did with the Eskimos. And I, and I know that they – they have such great memories and fond memories of him too, because he was just the same. It was exactly the same. They had the same stories and mentality um, relationship with Joey that we did. And you know, I remember one of my favorite things to do with Joey. And it's kind of it's terrible, but it's funny at the same time. But listen, he was a relentless worker. I mean, he would go in and fold towels and you know do the day to day stuff, vacuum and all this. But if I got to the rink early, there was a few years where I was at the rink very early. You know. Um, and I would get down there, and if he was vacuuming and he wasn't in the room, I could see it was plugged in. I just pl- unplugged the vacuum. You know, I just pull it out so that. And then I would wait around the corner just enough so I could see to wait to see how long it took for him to realize that hey, what's going on here? I better go check this out. And he caught me one time doing it. And boy, oh boy, was it ever funny because, you know, he just we like we like to pull pranks on him, but he liked to give it to the guys too. And then every once in a while, he'd get a little bit, you know, too too lippy and then it was okay we're either going to throw you in the cold tub or you're going to walk the plank for the team it was just yeah you know i can't uh, again i'm smiling right now because um like i said there's there's so many of those memories from every single player that ever came through those doors we'll have a story about joey moss and rightfully so all right. Hey, Louie, I want to get to two texts. This one comes from the Big Rig Butcher on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, love these stories about Joey. I truly believe there's more good humans and inclusiveness uh, than people think these days. And this says the Big Rig Butcher. Unfortunately, the bad people get the platform far too often. And you know what? I, I personally kind of agree with that text. Uh and we got some guys listening, uh, Louie. And this one comes to us from Randy. He says, Scott Thornton, was that bang or clank? Do we need to educate our listeners on the bang and clank line? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, it's kind of flying over my head right now. It's not really Doug, registering. But... Well, wasn't, didn't Doug Waite center Scott Thornton and Stephen Rice at one time when you are on the yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they called it the, yeah, they called yeah. it the bang okay. and clank line? Cause well, you, yeah, I know that Thornton, you know, he was kind of one of those guys that, you know, you and I have talked about him before. He just... You know, 6'3", 215, 210, and just threw bombs, you know, and would go toe-to-toe with guys. Ricer was a, you know, he was like a juggernaut out there. He really was. I mean, he was just such a thick, solid guy that when he got moving, you couldn't slow him down. He was going through whatever he hit, and he just used to crush guys. So I would say, 
I would call Ricer, Bang, and Authority Clank. And the reason they were called Bang and Clank is because Doug Waite used to give them all these A-grade scoring opportunities, and the puck wouldn't end up in the mesh. It would go Bang and Clank as it hit the glass or the crossbar or something, but it wasn't going in, so that was kind of the joke. You know what? Uh, just, just circling back, if you watch old school highlights in various sports the level of physicality compared to now like you, you know as you know i'm a huge ncaa college football fan the games are high scoring it's awesome to watch but there's not a lot of hitting yesterday bo jackson said uh on a radio show with Deion sanders that must have been a hell of a radio show uh he actually said on the show he'd rush for 350 to 400 yards a game today with the way guys tackle to me it's the rules like think of how many times you could just like louie Stephen Rice, Stephen, I'll give you another guy that used to just explode through guys on hits, Dallas Drake. Like he used to punish guys, and you could, you could, you know, you could just target guys and blow them up. And you, you, you can, and in football, you can't even touch an offensive player anymore. Uh, it, it really is. You must. You just kind of. You're you're down at ice level too, Louis. So you're right there when you're doing color. Do you just kind of shake your head at how much less physical the game is today, and think back to some of the stuff that you used to see when you played? I do. You know, at times I do. And listen, every once in a while, you'll kind of get one of those throwback games. We had a couple of them this year, the Battle of Alberta. Those were those were genuine throwback games that were very rough, physical, nasty. And they were exciting. I got to tell you, they were—they certainly were talked about a lot. I think they were some of the most talked about games in the whole regular season, if not the whole season in total. But, um, you know, at the same time, I always kind of have to give my head a shake and say, listen, the game is different now. It really is. And yep. sometimes that's hard to look at and, and understand. But the players now, they're a lot harder to hit. I'm going to tell you that right now. They're a lot faster. They have their head on a swivel. They're quicker. Their skills are better. Uh, it's just the game has evolved into it now where if you're going to try and lay a hit on somebody, it, it's not that easy. It never has been an easy thing to do. It's a skill like anything else, and the guys that were really skilled in it were excellent at it, and the guys today that are good at it are very excellent at it as well, even more so probably than back in the day. The timing has to be perfect. Guys are skating faster. It's quicker. Um, but, yeah, you know, listen, it, it, the game's gone more to speed, more to skill. You don't have the clutching and grabbing, and I think that, you know, back when, when I played and back when you're talking about, it was because of that slowing up of the players. You were allowed to hook and clutch and grab. And, I mean, I remember fighting through sticks to get in the forecheck. You could put your stick between a player's legs in front of the net. You could cross-check him as hard as you wanted, and he wouldn't, you wouldn't get a penalty. Legitimately, you could cross-check a guy as hard as you wanted in front of the net. Nowadays, you cross-check a guy and falls down pretty easily. I think guys go down a little bit too easily nowadays. But... I, I just think that it's changed. It really has, and the players have evolved to that. So the players of today don't know any different because this is what they've come up with, and this is how they play the game. And let's face it, it's the most skilled, the fastest it's ever been. You can't deny that. The goalies are the best they've ever been. You can't deny that. So in that regard, I'm okay with it. I look at it and say, okay, I understand it. This is how the game has evolved. This is where it is now. But – Every once in a while, I still like to see one of those down, dirty, nasty games where the two teams don't like each other very much and they go at it. Who did you have a, your head on a swivel for when you were on the ice when you played? Oh, Scott Stevens for sure, because he was a he was a known headhunter. 
You know, there's no question that when he hits you, he will, well, listen, I'll, I'll rephrase that. We all are headhunters. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm not saying that about Scott Stevens because I'm saying he was dirty. I'm saying we all aim for heads because that's how we hit. Before they started initiating that rule to stop head hitting, that's what we thought about when we went in for a check. We tried to take somebody's head off. As barbaric as that sounds, that's how it was back in the day. Um, but Scott Stevens was a guy that if you did not have your head in a swivel, you'll wake up somewhere else other than the ice. Let's just put it that way. And then, you know, Brian Marshman, Brian Marshman, a guy I played with, I didn't really have to worry about him too much as an opposition. I just didn't think he was going to blow me up like he would somebody. But um, certainly I was always aware when he was on the ice. Kasparitis is another guy you had to always be aware when you were on the ice with him. And... Um, uh, P. Long from the Islanders was another guy for me that I just, he, you know, he would every once in a while step up and just crush somebody. Uh, you had to you had to make sure that uh, you he, weren't the guy on the receiving end of one of those hits. He was pretty thick, and, you know, like uh, the late Brad McCrimmon, a.k.a. the Beast, um, he was also a thicker guy that was strong, but McCrimmon was, uh, you know, he just grappled you. Pilon could actually surprisingly fight a bit too, could he not? For a guy that, but he had oh, that yeah. thick, that thicker frame. But when he decided to chuck him, he could chuck him. I know he had some real bad. Uh, I had heard that you know nose issues and broken noses and just you know so it was something that he didn't like to do, from what I understand. But right. when he did, he chucked him. When he did, it was like it was you were fighting somebody that was fighting for their lives. It was all or nothing. Um, another guy that I just remember too, Al Samuelson. You know, Al Samuelson was one of those guys as well that um, he just had that perfect timing to be there when you couldn't see him coming and uh, would blow you up high or low. You know, I, I kind of didn't mind the high hitters as much as I mind the low hitters. The low hitters for me, and somebody that was a little bit sneaky, dirty, and I will say dirty, <laughs> but I love the guy. It was uh, Craig Muni. Oh, Craig yeah. Muni was another guy that every once in a while he would just. Once he set himself in that motion in that line, he wasn't changing his course, no matter what happened. So you better just take the hit. If you try and jump out of the way, he was going to get a piece of you, if you know what I mean. There was something I'm, that was going to get hit. I know you're good friends with Rick Tockett, and when before Muni ever came to the Oilers, he was playing with the Leafs, and Tockett got, him, got a hold of him. And as you know, Rick had fast hands, and and Muni oh. was Muni was strong, but he wasn't on the level of a Rick Tockett. It didn't end too well for Craig Muni, as I recall. So, you know, but he never stopped. A, he never yeah. was deterred from blowing guys' knees out. Good point. Good point. Because all those guys that I mentioned, every single one of them, even Samuelson, you could beat him up. We saw what Cam Neely did to him. We saw what other players did to him. I mean, um, Ty Domi knocked him out cold in front of the net one night with a sucker punch. Uh, had just had enough of them. And that wasn't just about what happened, was what, what was happening with him and Ty. That was Ty answering for a lot of things, just so people know. But, you know, he got right back up the next game. If you weren't, didn't have your head up on a swivel again, he would blow you up or take your knee out again. He did not care. He would get right. And so for that, I've always said, the, the most notorious guys for those types of hits always had that in them, that you could pretty much do whatever you need to do against them and you could hurt them you could beat them up you could you know do whatever you wanted they were going to come right back out and do the exact same thing and that's what made them that effective louis one final question for you louis debrus from nhl hockey and rogers of course uh part of hockey night in canada also on the oilers television broadcast louis we could conceivably have an all-canadian division 
uh, which would mean a lot of work in Canada for you. How stoked well, would I, how stoked would you be for that if we ended up with an all Canadian uh, division in the NHL? Well, I just think you know, just the the prospect of it is very exciting. I mean, I, I mean, in, in the regard that I think it would just be so intense and so competitive, and um, obviously in our country here in Canada, it would just it would be outstanding in that regard. I think the players might get sick of playing the same teams over and over again, but that might be a good thing for us because it might bring out <laughs> might bring out games like we saw in the Battle of Alberta last year, yeah. um, which would be very fine with me. I would, that would be totally fine if that started to happen because I think that's what makes it exciting. You have to have that animosity. You have to have that compete. You have to have that desire to beat that opponent so bad that you'll do anything to do it and sometimes cross the line a little bit. Um, I think that makes it exciting, but... If that was to happen, listen, I know that there's a lot of uncertainty going forward. We're really not sure how they're going to pull this off. There's definitely been some discussions about that. There's been some talk recently that we've heard from different um, um, players, organizations from the league, um, that the bubble just was not that comfortable of a place. And I don't know if they really want to go that direction again. So it'll be interesting to see how they're going to do it. I, I I really don't know how it's going to be done. I hope they can figure it out. I hope things open up for everybody's sake, not just hockey. I know we're specifically talking about hockey right now because it's Oilers now, but I'm talking about just worldly, just for everybody right. here, for everybody's sanity and and for, for their life going forward, that this can just be overcome, and we're going to cross our fingers and hope that happens. Louie, we love having you on the show. Thanks for joining us here on Oilers now and uh, regaling us with some stories of the legendary Joey Moss. For sure, Bob. You take care, man. All right, uh, we're going to switch focus. It is 12.54 in Edmonton, and the Arizona Coyotes have put out a release. They have announced today that the club has renounced the rights to draft pick Mitch Miller, who was selected by Arizona in the fourth round of the 2020 draft. Uh, this comes to us uh, from the Coyotes organization, and their CEO and president is Xavier Gutierrez, and uh he has this to say, we've uh, decided to renounce the rights to Mitch Miller effective immediately prior to selecting Mitchell in the NHL draft. We are aware that a bullying incident, uh, bullying incident took place in 2016. We do not condone this type of behavior, but embrace this as a teachable moment to work with Mitchell, to make him accountable for his actions and provide him with an opportunity to be a leader on the anti-bullying and anti-racism efforts. The uh, Coyotes release says we've learned more about the entire matter and more importantly, the impact that it has had on Isaiah and the Meyer Crothers family. What we learned does not align with the core values and vision of our organization and leads to our decision to uh, renounce our draft rights. On behalf of the Arizona Coyotes ownership and our entire organization, I would like to apologize to Isaiah and the Meyer Carruthers family. We are building a model franchise on and off the ice and will do the right thing for Isaiah and the Meyer Carruthers family, our fans and our partners. Mr. Miller is now a free agent and can pursue his dream of becoming an NHL player elsewhere. Uh, Arizona General Manager Bill Armstrong who had just taken over the job and did not run the draft for Arizona, says, I fully support our decision to announce uh, Mitchell Miller's draft rights. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad story 
to say the least, uh, discouraging, disappointing. And I know that there was a brilliant piece written, a brilliant but heartbreaking piece written by Aaron Portsline. Um, the Miller kid is from uh, the state of Ohio. Aaron's been a longtime beat writer uh, for the Columbus Dispatch over the years and is now with the Athletic. You would see it there. So the Arizona Coyotes uh, renounced the rights to their draft pick of Mitchell Miller after, uh, frankly, just a disgusting uh, story involving uh, a, a child that he had uh, bullied. Uh, it was just hor- horrendous. And again, there's some places where when, when that happens involving a 14-year-old kid doing that to another 14-year-old kid who has special needs, there are some places where some people might take other courses of action instead of, you know, leaving it in the hands of the schools and the hands uh, legally. And I, I will mention this. In Canada, we would not have known about that because of the Young Offenders Act. But in the States, it's a disclosed state of fact. 1250 or, uh, 12.57 in Edmonton. Brian Burke coming up for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.